Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. The second world is W-O-R-L-D. So the man hears the word, which is the word of God. And then the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word. And it makes the word unfruitful. So that's the account of Matthew. Now let's look at the account of Mark chapter 4 and verse 7. Let's look at the account of Mark chapter 4 and verse 7. And then we're going to come back and... Um, take a look at you know the things that we've been doing. Mark chapter four verse seven. It says, "Other seed fell among the thorns, right, which grew up, and the thorns came up and choked it, and it yielded no crop." Okay, so in Mark chapter four verse seven, it says, "Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so that they did not bear green." Luke chapter eight verse seven. Luke chapter eight verse seven. Luke 8, 7. It says, Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. So, three things we, we, we observe here is, first of all, the seed comes into the ground, the thorns grew up with the seed, and the thorns choked the seed. Okay? So, the thorns grew up with the seed, and the thorns choked the seed. So, Essentially, what the Lord is trying to teach us here is to understand what those thorns are. Because if those thorns are in our life, if those thorns are in our life, they are going to choke out the Word of God. And that's what we find a lot in the life of believers. Most believers get a hold of the Word, they listen to the Word, they hear the Word, but other things grow up alongside the Word and it chokes the Word. So. That, that, that's what you find a lot. You know, people get, like, they get involved in church and do all the things in church. And it's almost looking like, okay, what's, what's going on? The seed is not growing. And the reason the seed is not growing is because thorns are choking the seed. Now, the Lord tries to explain to us what those thorns are. So, in the explanation of what those thorns are, Matthew chapter 13 verse 22 talks about three things. Number one. It talks about the worries of this life, right? The worries of this life. Now, it talks about the deceitfulness of wealth, right? The worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth. Those are the two things that Matthew points out in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 22. The worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth. Now, Matthew clearly states that these two things will choke the word. Now, they will choke the word. The word is present, but these two things choke the word. And by the time these things are choking the word, it makes the word unfruitful. Now, the word to choke actually means to strangle the life out of. Right, to strangle the life out of. So what happens here is that we've been able to identify and we've been able to understand from the beginning of this series, part one, that the seed contains life, right? John 6, 63, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So, the seed of God's word contains life. Now, 
The seed contains life. But you find out that that life does not produce in the life of some, of some believers. Why is that? It's because the life is choked out of the seed. And the scripture points that to us or reveals that to us as thorns. Now he identifies the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth which chokes the word and it becomes unfruitful. Now, I want you to realize and note the word, it becomes unfruitful. Now, the word, it becomes unfruitful, yeah, simply means that the word has the capacity to produce fruit, but it is now becoming or it's turning to something else. That's right. The seed has the capacity to produce fruit, right? We read that in Genesis. The seed has the capacity in itself to produce fruit. But what happens? The cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it makes the word to become unfruitful. So the word originally was designed to be fruitful, but then as people begin to live a life that is, you know, choking the word because of anxiety and worries, which we're going to look at um, very clearly and very simply, it chokes the word. Now let's look at the rendering of Mark, right? In Mark chapter 4, and verse 19. Mark chapter 4 verse 19. Now, Mark identifies three things. Mark chapter 4 and verse 19. Mark identifies three things. It says, but the worries of this world. That's number one. The worries of this world. Right? Number two, the deceitfulness of riches. Right? It says, but the worries of this world and the deceitfulness of riches... And the desires for other things, three things Mark identifies. Matthew identifies two things. The worries of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. Right? Mark identifies three things. The worries of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things. Okay? So, Mark identifies three things. The worries of the world... The deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things. It says they enter in and choke the word. Right. So, I like the way Mark puts it because it says they enter in and choke the word. So, it means like the word is planted, the word is growing forth, the seed is producing, this believer is growing strong, is maturing, ought to bring, us, bring some fruit. And then, bam, he gets into this zone of the worries of this world. The world begins to give him a lot of things to worry about. These things enter into his heart. And what happens? He begins to choke the word. Or the deceitfulness of riches, which we are going to deal with on Friday. And then the desires for other things. You know, and, and, and in studying this, what came to my heart strongly? The scripture says that if we abide in God and his word abide in us, he will give us the desires of our heart. But how does that happen? As we begin to fellowship with God and his word, one of the things that God will begin to do is to purify the motives of our heart and the very things that we desire. But let's make progress. And, and, and Mark goes on to say, and it becomes what? Unfruitful. Okay. Now, let's look at the rendering of Luke, right? Luke, so, we find out that what is different between Matthew and Mark, Mark adds something different, the desires for other things, okay? So, Matthew has the worries of this life, Matthew has the deceitfulness of wealth, <clears throat> Mark has the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, Mark now adds the desires for other things. Like I explained before in our previous studies and teachings, is the fact that these um, parables, 
were documented from the understanding that several of these disciples had while listening to Jesus as he gave explanation to these parables. Okay, so let's go to Matthew, I'm uh, sorry, let's go to Luke, Luke chapter 8 and verse 4, and let's see how Luke writes his own uh, parable. Luke 8, uh, verse 4. Okay. When last crowd was come together, and those from various cities were joining to him, he spoke by the way of a parable. So we understand that one of the things that um, sets this apart is the fact that it was a parable in which Jesus gave meaning to. Alright. Now, let's, let's see something about the purpose of parable in verse in verse 10, it says, And to you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is given in parables. Now, parables ought to give us the mystery of the kingdom. So when we understand how the parable plays out, we can understand the dynamics and the working of the kingdom of God. Now, let's go to um, verse 14, now, where Luke now actually gives an interpretation to the fallen by the thorns. Now, the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, Go out and are choked with cares. In New King James Bible says cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. So, um, the things that are the same with what Matthew and Mark wrote are what cares, deceitfulness of riches. But then look at what pleasures of life, pleasures of life. So, if we put all of these together, right? If we put what Matthew wrote, what Mark wrote, and what Luke wrote together, we're going to have all of these things as the things that shook, shook the word. Number one, the worries of this life. Praise God. The worries of this life. Number two, the deceitfulness of wealth. The deceitfulness of wealth. So we're looking at the things that constitute thorns. It says the seed fell among thorns. The seed fell among thorns. So we're looking at the things that actually constitute thorns in the life of believers that makes the word of God not to be fruitful. Now, if the word of God does not produce results in your life, it is important for us to understand that it is not the fault of the word. The word of God has been tried seven times. God will exalt the word above his name. The word will not fail. The word has spirit. It's got life. It's sharper than every two-edged sword. So everything about the word is complete and great. Right. So if I, if, if I, if I look at my life right now and I say, hey, come on, you know what? The word is not producing results in my life. The problem is not God. The problem is not the word. I have to look at myself because the word of God is tried. The word of God is Alive, it is fruitful, it will always produce results. So, if we look at Matthew chapter 13, Mark chapter 4, Luke chapter 8, and we want to identify everything listed as stones, let's do that now. Number one, we identify what? The worries of this life, or the worries of the world, or the cares of the world. Number two, the deceitfulness of riches. Okay? Number three, we identify the desires of for other things. And number four, we identify what? Pleasures. Perfect. So there are four things that constitute thorns, right, that choke the word. Number one, deceit, uh, worries of this life. Number two, the deceitfulness of wealth or riches. Number four, uh, desires for other things. Praise God. Number five, pleasures. Now, let's anchor on one tonight. Let's do the worries of this life. 
Okay, let's do the words of this life. So, interestingly, when we look at the Bible and we look at the teachings of Christ and the things that God is sharing with us, He tells us that the worries of this life has the capacity to do what? To cut short the production of God's word in our life. You know, I, I, and sometimes when you look at believers and you see that the word of God is not producing in their life, and you, you know, most times you think, well, it's the big things that's making the word not to work. But I realize that most of the times it's not the big things. It's the little things in scriptures that we do not pay attention to. Songs of Solomon will say that it is the little foxes that spoil the vine. You know, sometimes people worry and they consider it, well, a nice thing to do. But the Bible says that the worries of this life will literally choke the word of God and we cause the word of God not to produce. Let's see, let's see the life of Second uh, Timothy chapter 4 Second Timothy chapter 4 And verse 10 Second Timothy chapter 4 And verse Am I right there? Okay, yeah Second Timothy chapter 4 and verse 10 Interestingly, if we would uh, Look at our life today If anyone had the opportunity Let's, let's start reading from verse 9 if anyone had the opportunity to work with Apostle Paul, you know, they'll consider it an amazing opportunity of a lifetime, praise God, to be able to work with the Apostle Paul. But you see, we find that this man called Demas had that opportunity. But look at it. Uh, well, I'm not sure we'll get it from there. Let's, uh, let's go to verse... Uh, uh, yeah, where should we start from now? Okay, let's go to verse 6. Right, let's start from verse 6 and see. For I'm already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure has come. So Paul was talking about his death. Okay, verse 7. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the cause. I have kept the faith. Verse 8. In the future there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness. Okay, so from some of... The guys who always teach, you know, that we, when we get to heaven, they're going to give us physical crown and all of that. Paul calls it the crown of righteousness. Which the Lord, the righteous judge will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but all those who love, who have loved His appearing. Praise God. Verse 9. Make every effort to come to me soon. So, let's, let's pause there. Go to verse 10, but let's pause there. You realize that this is the great Apostle Paul. He's, he's done massively, written to third of the New Testament. You know, planted churches in Ephesus, in Corinthians, in Rome, traveled to Galatia, done all these mighty works. You know, snakes are vipers, venomous vipers have tried to just bite him and he overcame all that, persecutions. And this was a mighty, mighty man of God. And this is the end of his life. And you will, you will, you know, coming to that point where he says, I'm ready to be fought for. The man knows he's going. But you realize that he was desperate for, uh, for, for Timothy to come to him. He says, come to me quickly. And what was the reason? He says, for Demas, look at this. Having loved this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Christians has gone to Galatia and Titus to Damascus. 
But I, I want you to pick something. Go to verse 11. He says, only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you. For he is useful to me for ministry. I like how the New American Standard Bible puts it. It says, for he is useful to me for service. Pick up Mark and bring him with you. For he is useful to me in service. That's amazing. Uh, you know, every time I read the scripture, something comes to my mind. If, if a man, if a, if a pastor, if, if, you know, today we call them God's general. If, if a general of the Lord God Almighty wants to die, would you be one person who would say, bring him for he is useful? You know, uh, many times I, I, I always ponder that, even, you know, even as a pastor of a local church. If I have my choice to pick one person, who will I say, bring this person for he is useful to me? You know, it looks very personal and it looks very selfish, but he says, come on, get back to me for he is useful to me for service. And that's something to just ponder on, alright? But let's go back to verse 10. Let's go back to verse 10. For Demas, having loved this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. So, why was Demas so carried away that he... You, you, you see the word, he, the word Paul used, deserted. That word is usually used for military people who run from their post. Who run from their duty post. Well, church history had it that with Demas, the life in Thessalonica was more appealing than the gruesome missionary journey that Paul was taking him through, you know, and all this stuff. He, he said he has loved this present life. You know, I'm, I'm thinking in my heart, maybe people would have suggested to, 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 to Demas, you know, you're going with Paul everywhere, trying to preach the gospel. You know what? What, what will you gain for preaching the gospel? What, what will you gain for being in full-time ministry, for instance? Or what will you gain just giving yourself to God like that? And the cares of this world, right? The cares of this present world began to to choke his life choke the seed choke the call of ministry i I know well i know many people today who should be in ministry but this present world will not let them be in ministry what's the present world what's the present world you know there are many things that make up our world that makes it look like well if you don't have these you're not a complete human being if you don't if you're not these at this age if you're not you know a millionaire or a billionaire at this age if you're not careful those things will begin to choke the word of god how do they choke the word of god you realize that as you give your attention to those things right as you give your attention to those things they begin to pull your mind away from spiritual service they begin to pull your mind away from the things of God. They begin to pull your minds away from spiritual growth. You, you become so busy trying to make a living that you're not paying attention to your spiritual man or to, to the growth of your inner man. The scripture says, Demas have loved this present world and has forsaken me. That's, that's the word. And it's, it's a strong word. It's a strong word. You know, it's the same word Jesus used on the cross when he says, my Lord, my Lord, why have that forsaken me? It's, it's, it, you know, that word forsaken, it's a strong word of departure. Leaving someone without help. Leaving someone without support. This man of God, Apostle Paul, is about to end his life. And the one man who was serving with him, deserted him because he had loved the world. 
And how did he love the world? The love of the world comes when we begin to carry the cares and the anxiety and the worries of this life. You know, this life has a lot of worries. I'll tell you something, there are many things to worry about. And we all know now, the whole world is worried about the virus. You know, everybody's worried. There's always something. If you look at our life, there is, there is no day, there is no source of concern. We have to be deliberate, and we're going to go into how to solve this. But we have to be deliberate to make sure that the Word of God is putting us over this situation. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, the word worry, right, is, 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 the, is the Hebrew, is the Greek word merima. M-E-R-I-M-N-A, right? And it's the whole system of anxious cares. Anxious cares. So, we can summarize the worries of this life as anxiety. As anxiety. Anxious care. Carrying cares. You know, you know, a child of God should not be anxious. And we're going to deal with that. You know, you know how... <laughs> You know how simple anxiety looks to our normal mind, like our human mind? You realize how intense it is spiritually, that anxiety will choke the word of God from producing in our life. And Jesus had to deal with that at all levels. At all levels. That anxiety has to deal and has the capacity to choke the word, to stop the word from producing Because when people get anxious, what happens? They get into fear. When they get into fear, what happens? They get into human strategies of trying to solve their own life. Praise God. They get into the flesh. What the Lord has begun in the spirit, they want to now finish in the flesh. Now, now look at this now. The Greek word. It means the whole system of anxious cares. Now, this is what I I, I discovered about this. It says, Lexographers derive the word merima from the word merezun. Which is a noun which means to divide or to have a distracting mind. And in studying this, I realized that that's actually what anxiety is. Anxiety, now the scripture says, I will keep him in perfect peace, what? Whose mind is stayed on God. I'll keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on God. Praise God. Now, you realize something that. If care is not taken, that thing you are anxious about, what's going to happen? It's going to divide your mind from the plan of God for your life. So let's look at it this way. There's a popular way, there's a popular um, poetic way they used to put it in those days. It says, so many cares hinder me, which draw my mind in different ways. So many cares hinder me, which what? Draws my mind in different ways. And how many of us know what the scripture says? That a double-minded man shall do what? Shall receive nothing from the Lord. So what happens? The enemy knows that the seed of God is going to produce. Then he gives you legitimate cares, right? He gives you things to think about. Gives you your age to think about. Gives you marriage to think about. Gives you children. You know, I, I, I look at this, right? Like, like a young girl or a young man, for instance, trusting God to get married and then bam gets married and then what happens anxiety of keeping the marriage gets in right and then he's trying to keep the marriage and then they have a child 
anxiety of the child gets in. What happens? Oh, the child is becoming a teenager. And you realize that if you don't know how to handle these things by the Spirit, every stage of blessing comes with its own anxiety. Because the world is going to give you something to be anxious about. Praise God. So, we must learn to deal with anxiety by the Word of God and through the Word of God. Now, Everyone has a legitimate excuse not to follow hard after God. Go to Luke chapter 14. Let's read a story there. We'll read from the New King James Version. Luke chapter 14. And let's read a story there. Everyone has a care in this world that will legitimately not make them pursue hard after God. That will legitimately not make them to be able to go so hard after God and follow the plans of God for their lives. So let's look at Luke chapter 14 and verse 16. Interesting story here about... Is it, is it, again, it's another parable. <clears throat> it says, then he said to them, A certain man had a great supper and invited many. And sent his servant at supper to say, To those who were invited, Come now, all things are now ready. Look at this. But they all with one accord began to make excuses. Look at this. The first said to him, I bought a piece of ground and I must go say it. Ask that you have me excuse. And another said, I bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to test them. I also ask that you may have me excuse. Still another said, I've married a wife and therefore I cannot come. <laughs> this one was shorter. So that servant came and reported these things to the master. Now, this is where I want you to go. You realize something Jesus said, uh, Jesus was trying to say here. The invitation was given. He says, all things are ready. But these people came out with legitimate excuse. Why they cannot follow after the master. Now, these are legitimate excuses that also produce anxieties in the hearts of people. What was it about? Real estate. Marriage. Right? Property. Business. <laughs> and then Jesus talks about the cost of discipleship in verse 26. If anyone comes to me and does not aid his father, mother, wife, and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Now, when Jesus uses the word hate there, in the Greek rendering, it actually means to love less, not like in form of hatred and wickedness, right? But to love less. So what was Jesus saying? Jesus was saying that, listen, if you want to come to this life of maximum productivity in the kingdom, the kingdom must come first. Every other thing, the love you have for every other thing must come lower than the love you have for the kingdom. Right. Right. That's, 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 that's how you can deal with the anxiety of this world. If you don't have a love that supersedes the anxiety of this world, the world is going to choke you. <laughs> the world is going to choke you. It's going to give you cares. There will be legitimate cares. Listen to what happened. Listen, listen. Let's, let's, go, let's, let's look at that again. Let's look at that again. It says, But they all with one accord began to make excuses. Now, they didn't decline the invitation directly in that way, but they gave an excuse why they should decline the invitation. And it's the same thing when anxiety gets into our life. What happens? What happens? We have legitimate excuses why we should be anxious about things in life. Even though we have a direct commandment from the Lord not to let anxiety and the cares of this world rule our life. But many times, many people allow the cares of this world to govern their decisions. So you realize with these guys, right? Jesus was inviting them to a great party and he said, no, I have God's body land. I have to check the land. 
Why didn't you say, well, let me go to the party, right? And after I'm done with the invitation of Jesus, I can check the land. So you see what happens there? Because the mind is divided, it's got to pay attention to something. So what do they put? For instance, if you come to this world and you, 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 know, you go like, Well, praise God, I just got married, or I just bought 12 yokes of oxen, or I just bought a land. Come on, how many of you think in the eyes of the world, you're now the big guy, you know, you're the happening guy. So, in, 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 if you're not careful, the sense of judgment in the world will govern your decisions. Right. Right. Now, when, they go, when that governs your decision, the anxiety that comes with that dimension of living will begin to choke the word. Now, let's look at this Bible now. How did this choke the word in these people's life? It made them not able to respond to God. They couldn't respond to the invitation of God. Right? And we don't know what would have become of them if they had responded to that invitation. But then there was... Now, these things were not bad. It wasn't like the guy was saying, well, I was going to commit murder. Or I was going to... No. They are legitimate things that give us so much care and anxiety. The care and anxiety to attend to those things is so high that it pushes the kingdom into second place. That's just it. Right? And that's what the world is all about. See, the world is not about... The world is about making sure that God is second place in your life. That's just what it is. Right? So it brings relationship in your way that makes God second place. It brings a job your way. You know what? I tell people this. The, the, the enemy doesn't mind you having a good job as far as God is second place in your life. Because he's, he's succeeded. You know, most times we think all the devil wants to make us have is just to be poor and sick. No, 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 no. The devil doesn't mind you having some money. As far as the kingdom, the word... You know, the principles of the kingdom are second place in your life. Right? Now, how does this play out in the life of a pastor, for instance? The cares of this world can make you start judging your ministry by what a successful ministry is. So, if a successful ministry is defined in terms of the world standard, just by the number of cars packed, the number of offerings you have, and the number, what's, what's going to happen? That anxiety, come on, is going to push you to begin to design programs and design messages that can get that result without being obedient to what the Father is asking you to teach. Right. So like for those who follow me on social media, I was telling them the other day that as pastors, we cannot leave what God is telling us to teach right now and make coronavirus the center of our message. You know, it's, is this something to talk about? Yeah, but... We can't all just now put whatever the Lord has been laying in our heart to teach and make that the center of attraction. No, it, it cannot. Because before it came, the Lord is already giving us an assignment on what to study. So, regardless of what's going on in the world, we keep our eyes on the ball, we keep our eyes on our master, we keep our eyes on Jesus. Praise God. Because he will keep him in perfect peace. What? Whose mind is stayed. What does that word mean? Stayed? To be fixed on Christ. Now, what anxiety does is it unfixes your mind. It, it loosens the hold your mind has on Christ. So, when that anxious thought begins to build up in your spirit, it takes the foothold, that the, the stronghold, sorry, that your mind has on God, it takes it from God and causes you to be divided. And the Bible says that a man who is who is divided in his mind, or who, or who is what? Unstable in his mind, shall do what? Shall receive nothing from the Lord. Praise God. Alright, let's go on here. So, let's go to uh, Luke 21. Read something there. Luke 21. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Luke chapter 21 and verse 33. Luke 21, 33 and 24. Praise God. Okay. It says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words shall by no means pass away. Now in verse 34, it says, But take heed to yourselves. Right? Now he's trying to say, listen, be careful. <laughs> Why does he say this? Heaven and earth will pass away. My word is intact. My word is stable. So he talks about the stability of the word, then he talks about you being careful. So he says, But take it to yourself, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life. And that day come on you unexpectedly. Now let's go to the message translation if you can. Let's see the message translation. Right? It says, But be on your guard. Don't let the sharp edge of your expectations get dulled by parties and drinking and shopping. (laughs) Otherwise, that day is going to take you by complete surprise, spring up on you suddenly like a trap. Now, this looks like a normal system of life. A normal daily, you know, system of life. But the scripture says this is going to dull your spiritual senses. It's going to dull your ability to perceive. It's going to dull your ability to be discerning. Praise God. The cares of this world. The pleasures of this life. Right? For instance, let's look at this, right? Um, a lady is married. They've got a good marriage and they're building up gradually. And then the lady thinks that she's not well clothed. You know? And begins to put pressure on the man to raise finances so that she can be as clothed as she thinks Within the dimension of the world, she will be well appreciated. And a pressure begins to come into that marriage. Yeah, you find out? Pressure begins to come into that marriage to meet up a certain standard that was not, that's not even a biblical standard, but designed by the world. And then what happens? At the end of the day, they began to have troubles in that marriage and strife and bitterness. And what does the scripture say? That anywhere there's strife and bitterness, the enemy can come wreck any of us. And that becomes an open door for the enemy to get into the home. Now what caused that? What caused that? Now they have the word of peace. They hear the word of peace every day in church. Right? But that word of peace and love and harmony is not fruitful because the cares of this world has come into that marriage and is choking the seed now. Because what's happening now, the, the, the lady or the man, whoever is, is, a, is, 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 is involved here, is looking to a standard in the world to define what success or happiness will be. Okay? Alright. Now, let's go to... Uh, Matthew chapter 6 Praise God Matthew chapter 6 Time is going Matthew chapter 6 Okay, Let's go to verse 20 Let's begin to deal with this What's the solution? Because we must allow the word of God to produce You know the good thing about the word of God Is that it has the capacity But we can allow things Come into our life To choke the word And that's why we must be careful We must be careful about what we allow into our life because the word is not at fault. The word will always produce if we stand on the word. Praise God. Alright. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 20. Uh, no. Let's do from verse... Uh, uh, where will we go now? Okay. Uh, 
Let's start from verse 22. Let's use the New King James Version. The lamp of the bird, the lamp of the body is the eye. And if therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, (laughs) praise God. But if your eye is bad, now, uh, let me clarify something here. When he says, if your eye is good, he's not just talking about your physical eyes, right? He was just talking about if your eye is clear or healthy. And then 23 says, if your eye is evil or unhealthy, right? Your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Now, I want us to follow a line of thought here. Let's follow a line of thought here. Listen carefully to how Jesus begins to deal with this. Okay? Verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Now remember what we talked about. The Greek word for care. Divided attention. So let's, let's follow that. Let that be the backdrop with which we paint this picture. Now, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other. Remember what we talked about hatred? To love less. Okay. <clears throat> or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. So we see two things here. Love, hate, loyal and despise. Right? You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, <laughs> we're going to deal with this. Verse 25. <clears throat> Look at this. Therefore, now, now, right? Uh, go back to verse 24. <clears throat> go back to verse 24. It says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other. Or else, he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Right. Then, the next verse, he says, therefore. Now, he cannot, you cannot start a statement with, therefore, if something was not said before. Right? Yeah? Okay. So, if I say something, I say, you, you know, this is, this is, this, therefore, or therefore. Now, therefore means that I've said something before. It's because of that I'm saying this. So, again, again, look at the context. Could we, Jesus tells us not to worry. He tells us not to worry in the context of God and mammon. Right? Because he now goes on to say, Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. (laughs) Now, let's look at that. Let's look at that statement, right? Let's look at that statement. Right? Like, how many times every day do we break this scripture? Like, how many times? Like several times, like Jesus stands in front of you and says, you know what, you can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and Mama. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. Like, yes sir. And the very next moment, what do you think we're worrying about? Our life. And you realize this, immediately you start worrying about your life, what's happening there, you are choking the seed of the word. Yeah? 
Look at this now. You know, somebody say, well, pastor, what are you saying? You are saying we should not plan about life. No, Jesus did not say do not plan. He says do not worry. What's the difference between planning and worrying? Worrying is when you think about your life as if you don't have a guide. You know what? There's God's plan for our life. So if there's, so if, for instance, if you come into this church right now, this church is well laid out. We've got the exit, right? We've got the doors right, left. You've got the exit door. You've got all of those doors. If I come out, for instance, right? Let's just say I come out here. I mean, I've been pastoring this church for over seven years. I can't, I kind of know where the doors are. You realize something? Even if all the lights go off, do you think I'll be worried on how to leave this building? No, absolutely no. Why will I be worried? I'm, I'm, I will not be worried. Why? Because even if the lights go off, I have spent so much time around this building to know where the doors are. Why? Because there's a plan. I know the plan. I know I, I can close my eyes and I know the seating arrangements. But, re- but, but if you throw in a, a, a kid here, a young child here who has no idea, and the lights goes off, what are you going to hear? Panic is the same thing in our life. If we know that God has a plan for our life, even when things go bad, we know that the Holy Spirit will speak to us. This is the way walking in it. You see, because we have the ultimate guide on the inside of us. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, so he goes on to say, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat, what you will drink, and about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And, and it's interesting that these things look basic, but Jesus summarizes these as the main things that give us issues in life. Clothing. <laughs> what to eat. What to drink. He says, but your life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Let's go to the next verse. It says, look at the beds of the air. Praise God. Uh, and this is interesting. It says, for they neither sow, nor reap, nor gather into bands. Yet, your heavenly Father feeds them. Now, look at how God, he didn't say, your heavenly God. He uses the word Father. Because he is trying to show us a dimension that the relationship is not just it is it, it, it didn't say their creator feeds them yeah even though it's god that created the birds it didn't say their creator feed them it says your heavenly father are you following because jesus is trying to pour attention he's trying to pour something into their heart that listen the anxieties of this world come upon your life because you're not conscious of the father dimension of God. So you see something, right? I've got two kids, right? Carries and Zara. Okay. So, you know, now they say, well, everybody stay home, don't go to school because of coronavirus and all that. And you know what the kids just do? They just stay at home. Do you realize that my son and my daughter never get up thinking of what they're going to eat in the morning? They never. And you know what? You know, man, I'm preaching right here. I'm, I'm going to finish service and... I'm still going to be the one to think like, well, you know what? Hey, what are these guys going to eat next week? You know why? I'm a father. 
I'm a responsible father. Let me put that. Because there are some fathers who just impregnate women and give birth to children and they don't think of what the, the, the kids are going to eat. If you are a responsible father, the thoughts of your children are in your head. So, you know what Jesus says here? Jesus is trying to teach us here. He says, if you are conscious of the fact that God is your father, when the seed of God's word comes into your heart, you will pay attention to that seed. You will nurture that seed because you know in that seed is the answer to all your life's problem. You will not neglect that seed and take on the job of worrying about your life. You know, I was telling my wife the other time, I said, I said, 2020, man, it, it just hit everyone unexpected. Like, you know, you're like, man, this is the year, and this is the year, bam, this is it. And March, everybody stay at home, you guys are not going anywhere. <laughs> like, no, this is not, are, are you following what I'm saying? And all our goals, all our plans, you're like, just one little thing in this world shuts down the world system, and every goal, every plan, everything is just gone down the drain. But at the same time, if you know that your heavenly father cares after you, you will not get into the panic mood. Praise God. So you realize that's what's, what's going on here. It says, look at the beds of the air. For they neither sow. That means they don't even engage in all this activity of sowing, reaping, gathering into man. Yet your heavenly father feeds them. Now look at the question. Are you not of more value than they? Can we read the message translation, guys, quickly? The message translation. Look at this. Look at the beds. Free and unfettered. Look at this. I like this. Not tied down to a job description. Careless in the care of God. And you count far more to Him than beds. So the issue, listen carefully to this now. The issue of anxiety is the issue of value. The issue of the cares of this world is the issue of value. How, how, how is the issue of the cares of this world the issue of value? If I begin to rate myself by the standard of this world, I'll have all the reason to worry. But God says, I have more value than the beds of the air. Praise God. Let's go quickly. Our time is going. Praise God. Okay, verse 27. Go back to the New King James. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? Yeah? What does that mean? It means that worrying does not produce increase. You know, somebody cannot say, well, you know, I've been worrying for the past two years and I've experienced so much increase. <laughs> no. It's a switch of you. By worrying, can add one cubit to his stature. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay. Let's get this now. Uh, glory to God. Glory to God. So, why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of this. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Jesus addresses two things here. He addresses that the issue of anxiety and worry is a product of not valuing yourself the same way God values you. 
Yeah? Two, it's a product of little faith. Yeah, it's a product of little faith. It says, listen, the thing that your father clothes is existing today, and then tomorrow is no more. It says, but you keep worrying. It says, then why do you worry? Because that thing is here today, and then is no more tomorrow. But your father clothes them. So in our eyes, it's like waste. Why would you clothe something that is today and is not tomorrow? But God says, I will clothe them because I'm good. He says, then what about you? You have more value, but you have little faith. You have little faith in the goodness of God for your life. And, and, and this, is, this is really, really, really something to think about. Because if we trust in God absolutely, God has an exact plan for our lives. But you know what? Believers are too busy pursuing stuff. They don't, they don't even have time to listen to the plan. They don't even have time to follow the plan. Praise God. Okay, so I remember this day I was going, I think it was in Lagos, I was going somewhere. And then we got into this car and we're using, it was an Uber taxi or something. And, <laughs> and then we had this GPS, you know, trying to help us with, 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 with the way, you know. So the little girl in the GPS would turn right at 600 kilometers, turn left. And, you know, at one point, the driver felt the GPS was going, it was going to be a longer route. So he, Turned, I started going his own way, you know. And what I realized is the GPS was always recalculating the distance, recalculating the distance, you know, always, always trying to give us redirection. And what I found out is that's the same thing God does to us. There is a master plan. You know, but sometimes we all just walk away from that plan. Because we're anxious about something, you know, like Paul will say something, I've started in the spirit, want to finish in the flesh, and the Holy Spirit deep within us keeps giving us redirection. Keeps saying, listen, go this way, go this way. You know, sometimes our life would be more peaceful if we just follow the plan of God for our lives. You know, one of the things that has been so helpful in my life is, listen, God loves me, He has a good plan for me, uh, if God says this is where it's good for me, stay there. If God says this is what is good, if God who created me says, listen, I've called you to be a pastor, just be the pastor. I, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. If God created me and said, listen, I've called you to be an engineer, I've called you to be an artist, just be it. I don't care what the world thinks about engineers, pastors, scientists, painters. Be who God says you are. Because in the first place, you didn't create yourself. And so, the anxiety of trying to look good in the eyes of the world, you have to deal with it because there is a plan for your life. And that plan is knowing, listen, that God values me and I have faith in the value that God has for me. Praise God. Okay, so quickly now. Wow, time is gone. Uh, Okay, six minutes more. I still have uh, two scriptures. Okay, so let's go here. 32. No, 31. Therefore, can you say the therefore again? Another therefore. Therefore, do not worry, saying. So how do you worry? By saying, by your confession. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? <laughs> Look at verse 32. For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. What does the word seek mean? Actively pursue. After all these things, do the Gentiles do what? 
sake. They actively pursue them. What does a Gentile actively pursue? What to eat, what to drink, what to wear. Okay. Then look at what Jesus says. For your heavenly, he didn't say God, for your heavenly Father knows that you need how many of these things? All of these things. Perfect. God knows what you need. Praise God. You know, before we started service this evening, I was telling one of our staff, I said, listen, I'm, I'm in a mix right here, right? I want to do something, and I can put something out there. I, I, I can put something out there so we can have a specific result. But I just want to choose to go the way of the word. Like, I mean, it's not something wrong, but I just want to go by the way of faith. Absolute trust in God That instead of putting pressure on the people You put pressure on God and the faith And see how your faith produces Why? Because I believe And as I was going through the scripture It crossed my mind that listen God knows every single thing we need Even as a ministry God knows every single thing we need in our life God knows every Do you realize that? Do you realize that it changes everything about the way you worry about life If you say you know what? God knows everything that I need and I'll stick with his plan. And he'll get the things to me. Praise God. Because what are the things that are causing us to be anxious about life? Our needs. It's, come on. That's it. It's our need that's making us to put God's second place. Nothing else. Nothing else. It's our need. The young girl who is misbehaving wants to get our needs met. So he puts the word of righteousness and purity second place. Am I right? And puts that need first place and gets to mess up herself. The boy who is doing something I shouldn't do is putting his needs first instead of putting the word of God first. The minister who is doing what shouldn't do is putting his needs and his offerings first instead of putting discipline and teaching the people first. So you realize this thing is about re- rearranging the order of priority. So the scripture says, verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you, shall be added unto you. Now, God gives us the order of priority. He says, listen, for the Gentiles, they seek these things. For you, first is the kingdom. So how do we deal with anxiety in our heart? It's first of all by allowing the kingdom to have priority. Praise God. Okay, quickly, time is gone. Let's do two, two more scriptures. First Peter chapter 5. Glory to God. Okay, First Peter chapter 5 and verse 7. Thank you, Lord Jesus. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 7. 1 Peter 5, 7. Can we read from verse 6, please? Look at this. Now look at this scripture, right? Because we try to separate these two scriptures all the time. And it's, it's, so we, we, we kind of teach them as two differences. But look at this. It says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. And he may exalt you in due, in due time. Now, see the word comma there. There's a comma there, right? So, actually, it means like that statement is not finished. Okay, go to verse 7. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. So, how do you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God? You cast your care on him. There are not two scriptures, there are one scripture. So, a man who takes his care is not humble, he's proud. How is he proud? He is telling God that don't worry, I can handle it. Do you see? Let's go back again. Go back again. Really carefully. Verse 6. Go back to verse 6. 
Verse 6. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. How do you do this? How do you humble yourself? 7. You cast your care. All your care. How many of your care? All your care. How many things does your heavenly Father know that you need? All your, your needs, right? Your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. What do you do with all of these things? You cast them on God for He cares for you. So, you know, so if I cast my phone, for instance, I cast my phone on Pastor Christian, for instance, what's happening? If I cast it on him, I don't have it. So, but you know the problem? We cast it on God, we take it back. We cast it on God, we take it back. And the scripture says a double-minded man shall receive nothing from the Lord. Let's read it in the message translation. First Peter 5, 6. Thank you, Lord Jesus. few more minutes, we'll be done. First Peter 5, 6. Just hang in there, praise God. Well, hang in there. After all, most of you are at home, so there's no hurry. You're not going, you're not in a hurry, so just, just relax. Praise God. So be content with who you are. And don't put on airs. God's strong hand is on you. He will promote you at the right time. Glory to God. He will promote you at the right time. Praise God. He says God's strong hand is on you. He will promote you at the right time. And you've got to trust the timing of God. Hallelujah. Verse 7. Go to verse 7. And I like this. I like this. Live carefree before God. He is most careful with you. Glory to God. He says just hang in there. Just live carefree with God. Just follow the directions of God. And follow the word of God. And do the word of God. And speak the word of God. And confess the word of God. And live in that zone with God. That God is careful with us. Praise God. He is mindful of us. Praise the name of the Lord. He is careful of us. God is not a God who would let our lives, you know, just, just get scattered. No. God has got a plan for us. And he's a, he's, God is a master planner. Amen. Final scripture. First, Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. This is final closing now. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7. And glory, glory, glory to the name of the Father. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 to 7. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Don't fret or worry. Do not fret or worry. Don't be anxious, the King James Version says. It's a commandment. Just as the Lord will say, do not steal, (laughs) or do not kill, or do not commit murder. The Lord also will say, do not fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praise shape your worries into prayers. I like that. Shape, convert your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Convert them. You use your mind, your will, and your confession to convert your worries into what? Into prayers. You use your, your, your mind, your will, and, and, and your inner man, and your confession and your declaration to do what? To convert your praise, your, sorry, your petitions and your praise is what is going to shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concern. Verse 7. Interestingly... Before you know, it's a sense of God's wholeness. Everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what what happens when Christ displays worry at the center of your life. And that's exactly what God wants to do. God wants to displace worry. Because if God, listen now, listen carefully to this. If God does not displace worry in your life, worry will displace the word. Right? So let's put it this way. It's wonderful what happens when Christ, who is Christ? John 1 1. 
The word displays worry at the center of your life. So, the issue with worry is that it's after the word. That's what it is. Because when you get into that, give me the New American Standard Version, same, same scripture. You, what, what happens here is, when you get into that worry mood, what's going to happen is that you will now begin to think of human ways to get the answer to your need. Instead of relying and trusting on God to answer, praise God. Now this is what happens, verse 6, guys, verse 6. Let's start from verse 6. Philippians 6. Be anxious for nothing. For how many things? Nothing. nothing. <laughs> Including the virus. Praise God. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So, I, I, I'm concerned about this area of my life and, and the cares of this world are coming in and pulling this. You know, I, I'm trying to get married on time. I've not gotten a man that I should marry. That shouldn't shape my life. Because if that is beginning to shape my life, you know what's going to happen? I'll try to wear, if I dress this way, you know, then I'm sure I'm going to see a man to get married. And you start dressing indecently. Or you even hear people say, well, I think in this church I'm not the kind of man I want. And then they leave where God has placed them spiritually and go plug into a bigger church. Praise God. And they just, you, you see what's happening right now. They are beginning to direct and control their life. Why? The cares of this world. Or a guy says, well, I don't have money. I think I need to have more money. What happens? He begins to get into all kinds of stuff and begin to justify that action. But he says, listen, be anxious or nothing. So anything that's giving you anxiety, you take it to God. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Verse 7. What's the first thing that God is going to give to you? Give me a few minutes here. What's the first thing that God gives you? And the peace of God. So, the first answer to anxiety is peace. Right? So, it's not like, I'm worried about this area. Like, let's give the example of the lady who's, in quotes, past the marriage age. So, the first answer, when you start praying and casting that care on the Lord, the first answer God is going to give to you is not a tall, dark, dark and handsome Man showing up in the door the next day. What's the first thing God is going to give to you? Peace. You will now have peace. And not worry anymore. That thing will not become a source of concern to you anymore. When that peace comes, the scripture calls it the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension. In fact, the King James Bible says it's the peace of God that passes understanding. That means this thing is supposed to bother you, but it's not bothering you. People don't understand why it should not bother you. The Lord calls you into ministry, and the first thing to be bothered about, what will you eat, what you will drink, what you... But it seems that that care is rolled over to the Lord, praise God, is casted on the Lord. You don't have that care anymore. And Brother Hagin will say, don't touch the care with your thought life. When it's coming onto your thought, what about this? Just say, you know what, I've casted it on God, God is working on it. Praise God. God is sorting it out. God is doing it. God is solving it. Praise the name of the Lord. Well, give me a few more minutes. <laughs> the peace of God. Christ surpasses all comprehension. We guard your hearts and your minds. Where? In Christ Jesus. Glory to God. So, what are the few things we take away home tonight? Praise God. Is the first thing is that we don't allow ourselves to get into the worry mood. 
We, we deal with the things that will let us walk out from divine purpose, walk out from our divine places because of the cares of this world, because of the love of this world, which is what made them as to walk and leave Apostle Paul and go to Thessalonica. Maybe the guy wanted to do business, maybe wanted to start something, but walked out of the plan of God. And maybe your plan can be, maybe God's plan for your life can be business, can be owning a school, owning a hospital, doing something, but you stay exactly where God wants you to stay. Praise God. And then we cast the care, or we cast all the cares and the concerns, praise God, that we have in every area of our life before the Lord. We cast it before Him and we receive His peace. So the first answer to the cares of this world that chokes the word is that God gives us peace. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, so we're going to finish up on Friday, same time, and we're going to deal with the deceitfulness of riches, which I think is going to be really interesting to see how that chokes the seed of God's word. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's be on our feet and just pray in a moment. Let's pray in the Spirit for a moment and just pray for everyone listening in the name of Jesus and everyone who will listen again that the message will just go far in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus we pray right now we decree by the Spirit of God in the name of Jesus we decree by the Spirit of God that everyone Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.